It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here. This is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. I was at an event called Million Dollar Mastermind earlier this month, and it was the best event I have ever been to. I took many pages of notes but I wanna share just one takeaway that might resonate with you today. You're playing way too small. In my experience, I believe I'm doing fine most of the time until I attend events like this and talk to people who are playing a much, much bigger game than I am. We can always do more, think bigger, and have more impact than we currently are. Sean Whalen said during his talk that it is your duty to play bigger. Our time here is limited, and when we limit our game, it doesn't serve anyone, especially ourselves. There are people in your orbit who need your brilliance and playing too small deprives them of whatever you have to offer. So play bigger right now. And before I forget, if you've not gotten my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned From My Mom. It's on Amazon. And my next book is going to be coming out very soon. Uh, July is the target. And it's going to be called The Greatest Lessons I Learned From Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 1. It's the first of three volumes that will be released this year. So you'll want to keep that in mind and pick that up. But for now get the greatest lessons I learned from my mom. It's on Amazon in paperback and on Kindle. You'll be so glad you did. My guest this week is Josh Thomas. Let me tell you a little bit about him. Josh is a revenue growth consultant for service-based small businesses around the world. His strategies help clients double their revenues in months, not years. He has worked with more than 2,500 entrepreneurs in 30 plus industries over the last decade. He has a passion for productivity and time freedom, and he hosts a podcast called The Do Zone. And he's also the creator of the Do Zone DNA, which is a personality profile assessment for entrepreneurs designed to help them get more stuff done. We have a lot to unwrap and unravel today. So here we are with my very special guest, Josh Thomas. Josh, how are you? Welcome to Success Profiles Radio. Brian, I am so stoked about this. Uh, You know, and and you mentioned the, the book that you have out, The Greatest Lessons I Learned from My Mom. I'm chapter one of that book. uh, So I'm your biggest fan, man. Absolutely. Josh is chapter number one. That's right. And it was brilliant. So I'm really glad that you're here. So first of all, the question I like to open with is, did you envision early in life that you would be where you are right now? Absolutely not. Not even close. Hmm. Tell us about that. (laughs) Well, just like any, uh, any ambitious child, boy, uh, mm-hmm. I decided when I was 14 years old, uh, I remember sitting in my uh, high school counselor's office saying, well, I'm pretty sure that I'm either going to be an Air Force pilot or a doctor mm. <laughs> because those were like the cool movies of the time. And um, it turns out the, the Navy recruiter later told me Top Gun's actually a Navy movie. But ah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I was pretty sure that that's what I was going to do. And then I fell in love with music and I got a degree in music 
became a music teacher and a professional musician uh, for about a decade. And that was amazing. Uh, but it wasn't quite enough for me. I, I thought that mm -hmm. was what I wanted to do, but it wasn't, wasn't really my calling. Oh. What was your instrument? Were you a singer or an, uh, an instrumentalist? Uh, percussionist, actually. Oh, cool. Cool. So who is your favorite drummer of all time? Who was your inspiration? My inspiration? Uh, mm -hmm. It wasn't actually a drummer. It was my high school band director. Uh, his name is Brent Barton and uh, in Kentucky. And uh, he's he he's a legend uh, in, in the state. But what really turned me on to music was his passion and his love for music. And it was infectious. I wanted to be like I wanted to be like him. I mm -hmm. didn't didn't matter what he was doing. It was his thing was music. I'm like, this is cool. And I didn't really have a lot of male role models at the time. You know, my mm -hmm. dad wasn't around much. And so uh, I just I wanted to model after him. And then mm -hmm. I started learning about I was a drummer because my mom couldn't afford the saxophone, but she could afford ten dollar pair of sticks. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. I have an uncle who was a band teacher uh, in Iowa. Uh, and so he did that for a very, very long time. And his his bands were very, very good. So I resonate with that a lot. So after you had a career in music, you decided to get your real estate license, didn't you? <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> oh, I, I am a ninja researcher. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I walk away from teaching and I think, you know what, it's time for me to make some money. And uh, I decided to get my real estate license in July of 2008. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a great time as it turned out. Yeah, well, I mean, those of us who weren't like super investors at the time, I mean, we didn't really know what was going on. All I thought was like, man, I really suck at sales, which mm. I did. <laughs> I had no skills, no training whatsoever. I was just trying to figure it out. Uh, mm -hmm. But what also was happening was the economy was cratering around us. And that's something that I wouldn't come to understand for another year because I was just oblivious to those sorts of things at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So is it safe to say that your rock bottom moment happened then or was there another occasion where that you would consider to be your rock bottom moment? I, I think if you let if you let something that's not working fester for a couple more years then you start hitting rock bottom. Mm -hmm. You know, like you get those first signs that like, hey, this is probably not going to work, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, but then uh, sometimes we're smart enough to kind of jump ship and say, OK, well, I gave it my best. I'm moving on. But yeah. a lot of times we stick it out for pride, insecurity, fear, whatever it is. But we stay in that spot until it compels us. We get to this point to where, man, I just. I can't keep going this way. I have to change directions. Absolutely. So then what did you do next? Uh, as, as far as what do I do next? Um, mm -hmm. I, my, my absolute lowest moment and, and I can be literal about this. I was, I was laying in my driveway in my front yard after some unsuccessful attempts to take my own life. Hmm. And my ex-wife and her new husband at the time were consoling me in my driveway of my front yard. And, and that's when I realized, okay, 
every day that I get up is going to be better than this one. Yes. <laughs> so wow. I have to I have to get up and I have to do this. And uh, I was just on Kai Logue's uh, podcast and he has a podcast called One Day at a Time. Yep. And and I and I just I resonate with that message so much because mm-hmm. every day after that day is has been one day at a time. So what yeah. do I do next? I had to figure out something else that was going to propel me, that was going to give me a purpose. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And if you follow Maslow's hierarchy of needs, for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, Abraham Maslow was a a, uh, a psychologist uh, a century ago uh, who helped us understand that if we don't have fundamental uh, things like food and shelter, we can't think about those higher priority things like relationships and comfort and those sorts of things. We need we need to make sure we're safe and we have somewhere to sleep at night. We need to make sure that we have a roof over our head. And then we can start thinking about our familiar relationships. And then we can start thinking about pleasure, for instance. Yeah, absolutely. And at the time, I was fighting for those food and shelter, like the bottom of the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. How am I going to pay rent? Mm-hmm. You know, how am I going to get by? How am I going to keep myself alive? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was really fighting for that. And I really wasn't finding a whole lot of answers, Brian. Yeah, I certainly get it. But you did find your way out of that and you did eventually decide to become an entrepreneur. Tell us about how that decision happened. We've got maybe two minutes or so to the break. Yeah, you got it. So the the big decision was when I realized that I was not going to make my millions as a real estate agent in 2008. (laughs) Uh, The biggest biggest aha moment was, you know, I sat down. I'm like, okay, well, what will work? And so I opened up my computer and I typed in something really stupid, like how to make money online. (laughs) And uh, I, 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 I don't remember what I found. I'm pretty sure I didn't find the answer to how to make money online. But what I did find is I found a bunch of people that were talking about it. And that really is what set me off on a frenzy of of learning and experimenting and, and trying to figure out, well, how could I make this work? And yeah. I think that's really ultimately where the entrepreneurial journey truly began. That's amazing. How did you know you were ready? I wasn't. I'm still not. That's the thing, man. Like, uh, I, I know we can talk about this on the other side of the break, but the thing, the, the idea of being ready for something, if you wait till you're ready, it's too late. In fact, I spent on, you know, I'll tell you more about this, but I spent 10 years waiting until I was ready until I realized I'm never going to be ready. So I just started. Yeah, I love I love what you just said. If you wait until you're ready, you never will be. Mm. That's that's fantastic. So did you ever have doubts about whether or not you'd succeed? And how did you overcome that? I have doubts every single day about whether I will succeed. Uh, and how do I overcome them? Um, mostly, I just try to ignore them. <laughs> yeah. But the the thing is, is it, it all it all kind of evolves over time. Because those doubts of whether or not I would succeed kept me from taking action. Those are the things that made me think for a second, maybe I'm not ready. I'm I'm not sure if this is going to work. And if you do that long enough, you'll convince yourself that "Ah, this this just isn't for me. Right. And so go ahead, Brian. 
Oh, I, I was going to say, yeah, I, I certainly understand that. Um, we had about a minute or so of the break. I do want to ask, you said that you weren't good at sales to start with, but you eventually did get pretty good at it. What turned the corner for you in a sentence or two? Well, the, the thing that turned the corner for me is because I couldn't make any money doing real estate, I had to go and get a job. Mm. And fortunately, that job led me to one of the best sales mentors I ever could have had. Mm. And, and that's really what started turning it around. Fantastic. This is Success Profiles Radio. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. The mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's Merging I just came from Kansas where we celebrated my mother-in-law's 100th birthday. She summed up the event with a big smile as she exclaimed, I made it! According to Pew Research, there are about 7.4 centurions for every 10,000 adults. A super centurion is a person who is 110 or more. The highest life expectancies in the world are found in Monaco, followed by Japan and Singapore. The U.S. is not even in the top 10. If you're an ubermensch, that's a person who is in control of their own destiny and would like to increase your odds of living longer, you can always move to the town of Atroli on the Mediterranean coast. In this small village south of Naples, Italy, over one-third of the population are over 100 years old. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Josh Thomas. And we're talking about entrepreneurship and we're talking about uh, passive income and gaining leverage and mindset and building businesses and, and earning more money and all the things that entrepreneurs really, really want. Uh, if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on Apple to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do that. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. And we've been doing this for over 10 years, and I'm just so happy and grateful that you are listening and that I can be a part of your day. So please feel free to subscribe and you will get each new episode automatically when it comes out. So, Josh, I want to ask you next, and this is a question that I started asking a few months ago. What is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? It can be financial or it doesn't have to be. It can be a time-energy thing. It can be an opportunity lost. But what is the most expensive mistake you believe that you've ever made? 
The most expensive mistake I've ever made mm-hmm. is getting married. Oh. <laughs> Tell and, us more. Yeah. So, uh, and I want to qualify that. Um, I I want to I want to leave the actual costs of you know weddings and divorces out of this. Sure. I want to leave the actual person or people that I was married to out of this. Okay. And it's not really about them. It's not really about any of those hard costs. But what it had to do with was when I got married, I chose the wrong person for me. Mm -hmm. And choosing the wrong person for me led to a series of other decisions that were unfavorable to my life and the advancement of my career. And Mm -hmm. it stagnated me. And it kept me in a place that I probably could have gotten out of if I hadn't been bogged down with dealing with the cognitive dissonance of of, of sharing your life with the wrong type of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm I'm not saying that I'm not an advocate for for marriage. You know, marriage is awesome as long as it's the right person. But right. what I have learned very very quickly is marriage solves zero problems. If anything, it just creates more. And so you need to really understand getting married to somebody is not going to make your life any easier. It's not going to make their life any easier. And it's not going to make your relationship any stronger. If anything, the opposite. Mm. That's really interesting. Thank you for for sharing all of that. I would love to know now that you've gotten your business going and it's it's excelling rapidly. How important is it for you to have coaches and mentors? How has that impacted your journey? Uh, that's been everything. Uh, in fact, uh, right before the break, we were talking about the the big uh, turnaround for me becoming good at sales. Mm-hmm. Was I went and got a job at a uh, at a precious metals company, which I'm not a huge fan of being that guy in the boiler room. Um, but I had uh, my very first sales mentor, and his name is Nate Brooks. And Nate was a legend. He was one of the founders of uh, Zip Realty back in the day. Um, and he was just hanging out like moonlighting as this random sales manager because he didn't have anything else to do while his daughter was in high school. And mm. and he was he sat down and he taught me how to sell top to bottom. And he showed me everything I needed to know. And and that two months I spent at that company with Nate Brooks really launched every single thing else that I was able to do as an entrepreneur because I had that role model. I had that mentor to say, look, here's how it's done, Josh. Wow. That's fantastic. So how many coaches and mentors do you have right now? Uh, it's, it's hard to say if I have, uh, you know, a specific amount, um, uh, mm-hmm. because coaches and mentors can be found in many different aspects of your life whether you're officially in a relationship with them or paying them or not, I learn from anybody that I can. Uh, I, I may have mentioned I, I didn't have a whole lot of male role models growing up. And so I, in a way that it may have made me a little dysfunctional, not sure. Uh, mm. But what, uh, what I noticed was I started gravitating towards men who would have something that they stood out about something that they stood for something they were passionate about something anything that i could do i was a sponge for this knowledge of understanding well what's it what's it like to be a man because i didn't you know dad wasn't around 
And so now that's kind of evolved and I've found myself, I've centered myself and I'm good with that, but I still reach out and I gravitate towards people, not necessarily men anymore, but Mm -hmm. I still gravitate towards people who are doing something that I want to learn that I want that I want them to teach me whether it's directly or not. Absolutely. So what is your big why? What drives you? Significance. Mm. Tell us more about that. I want to matter to the world. Uh, I, I, I'm trying my best to not phrase this. I know we're, I know we're live, so you know, I only get one shot at getting this right, but, uh, I, I want to matter. I want my existence to have mattered. And I want yes. people to look at me and think of me and say, okay, that guy did something right. That guy made an impact. And not for an ego thing. I don't need a golden shrine. You know, I don't need people to chant my name or anything like that. But I want to feel like I have left this world or at least the path that I've walked in this world better than I found it. I love that. That that's a very worthy reason. I legacy is always a great reason to have a big why. It's it's what drives you. And I think the most successful people I know make decisions that are multi-generational in nature. So I love that. Thank you for that. What do you think it takes to be a successful entrepreneur? Action. You you have to get out of uh, there's a there is a an article that you can find online right now by James Clear called Motion versus Action. Mm. And it's, and it's an excerpt from his book, Atomic Habits. And, uh, I'll, I'll summarize just very quickly for you, Brian. Basically we spend a lot of time in motion Emotion is preparation. It's movement. It's learning. It's getting ready to do things. And because we're moving, it feels like we're being productive, but mm-hmm. all we're doing is we're moving in a circle. Oh, wow. And what we need to be doing is we need to be taking action steps, which are straightforward towards a result. And I, I spent a lot of time in this circular motion, binge learning, reading books, buying courses, thinking about it. Mm, maybe I'll try this. Oh, it didn't work the first time I tried. Let me give up and let me go this other direction. Ah, maybe mm-hmm. I need this extra tool or look at that shiny object over there. It's yeah. all motion, man. Yeah. The secret to being successful is block out that motion, pick up one foot put it in front of you and lay it down and take that first step. That action is going to lead you to more results and it's going to teach you more things than two months of motion. One step is worth more than two months of motion. Absolutely. Let's move on to one of your favorite topics, the importance of mindset. When did that become important to you? Man, I, over a period of about four years, uh, I ended up, uh, through one of my clients, I ended up having the same conversation about 2,500 times. Mm. <laughs> and it was with new investors uh, that are considering um, buying multifamily uh, through a process called syndication, which is basically collecting money from outside investors so that you can go and purchase a large apartment building. Nice. And I had... I had a variation of the same conversation more than 2000 times with more than 2000 different people. Mm. And the number one thing that stood, stood out to me was they're all afraid. Mm. They're all afraid that they're going to mess up. They're all afraid they're going to make a mistake. They're all afraid 
it's just not going to work for me. That's what they're saying. Yeah. And, and, and my job was not to convince them otherwise. My job was to help them see that's the reason that they're not making progress. If you're going to let that fear control you, that's fine. My job is not to overcome your fear. My job is to point out the fact that you're not taking an action because you're afraid. Mm. What you do with that information is on you because you have to take 100% responsibility for everything that happens in your life. And so that is so true. If you can get if you can get over that fear and you can mm-hmm. take the action or you can embrace it despite the fact that the fear is there, mm-hmm. then you've got a chance of being successful. If you cannot overcome the fear, you have to accept that something else is going to control your fate. Mm-hmm. And you got to decide whether or not you're okay with that. Exactly. So one of the best ways to generate more wealth and success is to use leverage. I know this is also one of your favorite topics. How are you doing that in your business? So I have I have three full-time employees that are surrounding me at all times like an orbit. <laughs> and uh, the reason that I do that is because me by myself, I'm not super organized. Uh, I am not somebody that you would want to do your taxes, for instance, because mm-hmm. I would lose all of the, you know, the 1099s or whatever. Um, and so I have one person who manages the majority of my communications and my calendar mm-hmm. and also any kind of like, I need to, I need to learn how this technology thing works so that I can integrate it into this other thing I'm doing. Can you figure that out for me and then give me a loom video and walk me through mm-hmm. it? Yes. Gotcha. I have one person that handles my social media and I have one person that I'm calling a project manager who mm. is managing those two other people and me. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do I, how do I leverage? I leverage with human resources. Uh, I bring people in that are really good at these skills that, that I'm not good at. Mm-hmm. And then I just keep them around me to make me a little bit more bionic. Yeah. That's awesome. So let me, we got about a minute or so to our break. What would you say are your top three core values in a nutshell? Oh, I got four. Okay, great. I have four core values. Number one, make the time. Number two, I do the work. Number three, own all outcomes. And number four, be the difference. Nice. I love that because when you have clearly defined core values, it makes your decision making a lot easier, doesn't it? It absolutely does, Brian. And I I can tell you I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you if you didn't hit all four of those. That's fantastic. Absolutely. We're coming up against our next break. My very special guest is Josh Thomas, and we're going to talk about the do zone next. I referenced that in the bio, and there's a lot going on in the orbit of do the zone in Josh's work. And we're going to talk about that and so much more. When we come back, this is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back after the break. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. 
you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Josh Thomas. And... Next, I want to ask about how you use assessments in your business, because there are some entrepreneurs that are a great believer in using assessments to determine to some level or another what the potential fit is for someone who wants to do something, whether it's in your company, whether it's to become an entrepreneur, whether it's a career assessment. But I want to ask you, how important is that in your work? So, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to interpret the word assessment. Uh, and so uh, as far as assessing what you're doing and assessing your work, it's important to be very objective with that. Uh, and I can talk about some ways that we can do that in a minute, or we can look at this from the perspective of an assessment, like an exam or a test or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's another way to look at it. So there's a lot of personality profile assessments out there. Um, most of them are amazing. Uh, there's Myers-Briggs, uh, there's the Enneagram, there's the DISC test, there's the Clifton 37 strengths, all of those I've used, and um, they've given me some great insights about me. Mm. Uh, but the one thing that's been missing, though, is how do I assess an entrepreneur from the perspective of productivity? Pretty narrow. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a bunch of stuff out there that'll show me that I'm an INFJ or, or whatever, and I'm a high, high I in the disc, and I don't even know my Enneagram, but there's all kinds of general stuff. But I wanted to go hyper-specific. Back to that motion versus action. What is it that defines somebody actually being in what I call the do zone? The do zone is where you take action, action that leads to results. And so in order for me to really hammer that home, I had to understand how do I actually define what that is? Yes. Because otherwise, people are going to people are going to be sitting there binge learning on the next program and the next shiny object and telling me, well, I'm in the do zone. I'm taking action. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. Well, prove it. All right. So I set out to scientifically prove that all these people are full of crap. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I came up with three rules. 
Here are the three rules to be in the do zone. Number one, you must be working on a relevant and current project. Mm. If you're working on something that's not relevant or it's not current to what your current needs are, you're not in the do zone. Okay, so that's step one. Step two, that whatever you're working on must have an immediate and measurable outcome. And what that does is it says that you can't uh, say, well, I'm I'm in the do zone. I'm being productive for something that's due in like six months. That's not immediate. Okay, so that's that's rule number two. And then rule number three is whatever this task is, it must be objectively observable by a third party. Mm. And so I can watch you, Brian, I can watch you taking a, a course about how to do social media marketing. I can watch you do that. I can objectively observe you doing that. But what I can't see is I can't see that you're learning. Yeah. I can just see that you're staring at the screen. But is staring at the screen relevant to a current project that you're working on? No. Is mm -hmm. learning this social media thing? Yes. And so in order for it to be objectively observable, I need to see that you actually did some work. I need to see that you actually posted something on social media that was applied from this course. That's the do zone. That's action. Do you see the difference? Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. So sometimes it can be really hard to stay in the do zone because we get distracted very easily. How can we avoid or work around that? It comes down to accountability above all else. Mm. Uh, there's there's a couple of there's a couple of studies that have been done that that I'm using as the as the basis of everything that I'm building. One of them and I, even though it sounds like this, I promise it's probably not a made-up statistic. But if you if you just take the simple act of let's say let's say you and I agreed that we're gonna we're gonna write five Facebook posts by tomorrow at nine a.m. and we're gonna have a meeting and we're gonna show each other what we did. Mm -hmm. Just the simple fact that we set a specific appointment with another person to show our work. That gives us a 95% chance that that work gets done. 95% mm. man, you can go and find the studies and it's, it's out there and that's actually been proven. The other thing uh, that I like to talk about is tight deadlines. Mm. If you give yourself a month to do something, you will take 29 days. If you give yourself yes. a week, you'll take six days. If you give yeah. yourself 24 hours, you'll take 24 hours. Yeah. Time so will, your, your task will expand to the time that you've allotted to give it, get it done. That's exactly right. And wow. so, so some studies have been done on that as well to prove that point. And if you give your, what they did was they, they took this group and they gave them one task to do. And the group took all day to do the task. Then they gave them two tasks to do. And it took them half a day to do the first task and half a day to do the next task. And they were able to push that all the way up to seven when they have they gave them seven different tasks to do and they got those seven tasks done and they were successful hmm. now when they when they went to eight it started it started teetering off and they realized okay the limit is about seven tasks per day you can knock out seven tasks per day if you've got those on your agenda if you've got eight nine ten eleven eh, you're going to start to have some failure trickling in like mm -hmm. we just 
we just can't be that kind of productive, right? And so we need to understand, well, what are those seven things I can do today that really need to get done, that really require my attention, and that are really going to push me forward and produce those results I'm looking for? That's fantastic. So being productive also means that you have to have systems of some kind to run your life or to run your business. How, how important has that been for you and how do you set that up? It's a great question. So uh, the the other way, once once I once I set the rules for the do zone, uh, which I've I've kind of independently verified and everybody's saying, yeah, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. The other thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to help people really analyze what kind of environment are you creating Mm -hmm. right now and how is it is it conducive to your ability to be in the do zone to your productivity? And so I I. I developed a, an assessment called the Do Zone DNA, and what it does is we ask you a series of questions, and it's going to produce a result based on four different categories. We have four pillars here, and so here here are the four areas of your life that pertain to your productivity. The first one is time. The next one is ambiance or your environment. The next one is personnel, and then the last one is execution. And so I got a cool little acronym, comes out to TAPE, T-A-P-E, okay? And time has to do with, are you a pressure, time pressure person? Do you thrive under deadlines or do you prefer to be more relaxed? Mm. Ambiance, do you have a zen organized environment around you or is it kind of chaotic with papers and loud music, that sort of thing? Personnel, are you a lone wolf that likes to work by yourself or do you thrive in teams? execution do you follow rules and are you methodical or do you kind of make things up as you go more improvisational and i'm not going to tell you what to do i'm just going to show you who you are if you take this test it's going to show you who you are and it's going to give you those preferences and now now that you have this guide you need to look around to these four different pillars these four elements and see does my environment does my world match who I am. And if it doesn't, then you have to make those adjustments. And I'll just give you one quick example, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. So uh, for me personally, I found that I was very team focused. Uh, I am a I am a team person. Me working by myself is brutal. It's just like my head hurts. I can't concentrate. I can't figure out what I'm supposed to be doing next. I need the energy and the vibe of this team around me to, in order to really thrive. And I noticed this, I, like just like almost a third of the population, I work from home. I'm mostly by myself. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, I'll have some friends come over and we'll just kind of spitball some ideas. We got the whiteboard out and I'm like going, man, I'm like jazzed up and I'm getting stuff done. And that's when I started realizing, okay, I'm not in my right environment. I need mm-hmm. a team. And that was kind of what played into developing this assessment because I need to create an environment where I'm surrounded by people because that's how I get most of my stuff done. Some people mm. are the opposite and that's okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. So we're talking about productivity. How can you find more time in your day? Uh, so the best way that I recommend that you find more time in your day is to take uh, what I call a time inventory. Mm. And uh, what that is, is you, and I would recommend that you do it for a whole week just mm-hmm. to, just to make sure we get out all of the, uh, 
potential variables and you know there's uh, you got to take your got to take little johnny to dance class on wednesday or whatever and so mark block out your entire week include every single hour of the day and mark what you're doing no matter what it is mm-hmm. sleeping staring at a wall you know working driving to work flipping through your phone the only rule is you can't have any blank time mm. and and if you have anything that's unaccounted for then you have to mark it as waste. Yeah. Okay. And then once you've done that, you've looked at an entire week, you're going to start realizing when you prioritize that time, you're going to see, oh, my high value time is only like an hour a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my low value time of watching Netflix or driving to work or, you know, talking on the phone to grandma or whatever, not that that's low value, but if you're trying to be more productive, you have to understand, well, what am I actually doing with my time now? And if you don't have a clear picture of that, it's going to be impossible for you to be more productive because that's your inventory. Yeah. I would imagine people make an extra effort to be very, very good for the first few days because they know that they have to write it down, but eventually you revert to form. Mm-hmm. You have to be honest with yourself eventually. So that can be a very frightening exercise. <laughs> yeah. And why do you think it's scary though, Brian? I would imagine because now you have to be accountable. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's because awesome. Because it's com- just showing you who you are, man. Absolutely. We're coming up against our final break. I can't believe how fast this is going. We're having so much fun. We're talking about how to maximize productivity this week and how to stay in the do zone. And if you missed any part of this, please go back and listen to the replay. We'll come right back after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Down the stretch we come when we return. Please stay with us. Don't go away. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. heard about the man who had a fir tree growing in his lung? A 28-year-old male living in central Russia went to the hospital complaining of chest pain. And when doctors x-rayed his chest, they found what appeared to be a tumor in one of his lungs. However, upon closer inspection, they were amazed to find this tumor was actually a small fir tree complete with needles. The moxical-faced surgeon said he couldn't believe what he was seeing. What's another word for a skeptic? A pyranist. The five-centimeter branch was removed from the patient and kept by the tree surgeon for further examination. Doctors suggest the man might have inhaled a small bud, which then started to grow inside his body. What's the word for the fear of trees? Dendrophobia. It's 
I'm Carolyn Davidson, and for more Words You Never Heard, check out my podcast at wordsyouneverheard.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Josh Thomas. We're talking about being in the do zone and maximizing productivity, which then results in greater profits for your business. And who doesn't want that? So if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please do that. And if you have Siri, Alexa, or your favorite Google device, you can say, play Success Profiles Radio, and you'll hear the most recent episode starting tomorrow. You can have this be the episode that those devices play. So go ahead and do that when you can. Josh, let me ask you, why do people say they're busy, yet they claim they can't get anything done? That seems like an oxymoron, doesn't it? (laughs) You do do your research, don't you? I do. So, (laughs) So... Uh, The word busy is a four-letter word in all aspects. Uh, I I have made it a conscious effort to eliminate the word busy from my vocabulary, except when I'm speaking about it or if I'm being ironic. Um, And if you you go and look up the original definition um, back in like old English, I'm not going to get this 100% right, but it's something along the lines of you're talking about a busy body. Mm-hmm. And a busy body is somebody who occupied themselves in the dealings and matters of others where they didn't really belong. Right. And that was the original definition of busy. So when you say you're busy, what you're really saying is that you're you're occupying yourself with things that really shouldn't concern you. Mm. <laughs> and that's the irony of the whole thing. Yes. Now, the the definition has evolved over time to mean, well, I got a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, what it's further evolved into is it's become an excuse. It's become an enabler. Mm-hmm. It's become something that we say to escape responsibility. And what we're really saying is that we're unfocused. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, and there's an exercise that you can go through that will really help hit this home. You know, gosh, Sally, I wish I wish I could have made it to your performance uh, last week, but I'm sorry I couldn't make it. I was just I was just too busy. Yeah. At work. You know, yeah. you know, honey, uh, I'm sorry that I missed our anniversary. It's just I've been so busy uh, getting this project off the ground. You know, mm-hmm. I just could it happen, you yeah. know, and yeah. replace that with unfocused. Yeah. Or if you've ever watched Big Bang Theory, you can pull a Sheldon Cooper and say, I can, but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Brutally right. honest, may not want to hear it, but it's yeah. the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. sorry that I couldn't make your performance, Sally. I've yeah. just been too unfocused. Right. Exactly. I'm sorry, honey. I missed our anniversary. I was unfocused. Yeah, that'll go well. And. But that's what you're that's what you're saying. And exactly. I'll I'll give you an exercise like this is this is something you can do right now if you really want to eliminate this from your vocabulary. And anybody who's listening can do this as well. If you're using an iPhone 
Um, there's a setting called text replacement. If you're using an Android, there's some version of that that I don't know, but you can look it up. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, you can go into text, repla text replacement, and basically what that does is any you can type in a word, and then any time you type that word in, it's going to automatically replace it with whatever word you dictate. And so uh -huh. what I did is I added a text replacement into my phone, and anytime I type the word busy, it literally autocorrects to unfocused. <laughs> wow. And I and I busted myself a few times. I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry. I'm just too busy right now. And I'll send the message, and it look I look at it and it says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just too unfocused right now. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> right. That's that sounds a lot like the find and replace function yep. in Microsoft Word. They, it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Find all instances text. of this word and replace it with that word. Yeah. Yep. And so wow. literally when I type the word busy, it replaces, if I hit the space bar, it replaces it with unfocused and that has helped eliminate it. Like I do not use that word mm -hmm. anymore unless I'm talking about this topic. I just don't even say it. Wow. That's fantastic. So you have a podcast. It's called the do zone and I was one of your first guests and it was a lot of fun. But tell us right. about the Do Zone podcast. What is the mission of it? What do you hope to bring to the world? And what kinds of people are you interviewing? I am interviewing entrepreneurs who are out there doing work. Mm -hmm. I mentioned my core values. One of them is make the time. Mm -hmm. The second one is do the work. And everybody that I bring on an interview is somebody who's doing the work. Everybody that I bring on an interview is somebody who is owning all outcomes, good or bad. Everybody that I interview is somebody who is being a difference in mm -hmm. the world in some capacity. They're creating significance. Mm -hmm. And so those are the type of people that I like to bring on. And I'm asking them questions about how they get stuff done, how they operate, how they can perform at the highest possible levels. And then we're going deep when it makes sense to go deep. And really dig into those those larger messages, the things that really matter to people. And then mm -hmm. that's once a week. And then on top of that, I put out a solo once a week, which is uh, it started a little bit as a challenge because I'm I'm a very scripted guy by nature. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to challenge myself to give myself a prompt of, OK, today's topic is X. And then I'm just going to hit the record button and I'm going to start talking. Mm -hmm. And I've done that um, dozens of times now. And the the sheer act of doing that, I was super uncomfortable with it and still am. Mm -hmm. But just doing that over and over and over again has given me the strength to uh, I did. I stepped up on a stage in front of 500 people a couple of weeks ago and I did a 20 minute presentation. No notes. I just got up there and I started talking and crushed it. And I attribute the fact that I crushed it on that stage with the fact that I just sat down and I did the work mm -hmm. on this podcast so that I could get all of these things out of my head, out of my brain and share the message, share how I think, share how I view the world and how I operate so that maybe somebody out there can also resonate with that. And, fantastic. and, and, and I'll tell you, man, the, the the best thing, like, I, I love working with people. I love helping businesses and all that stuff. But I have gotten unsolicited 
comments from people who are listening to my podcast. You never know, Brian. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this a long time. You never know who you're impacting. Right. I had a lady with terminal cancer mm. reach out to my mother and because she happened to know my mom and say, I love Josh's podcast. He had this one podcast and he's like, he's so motivating. And he was he was telling me, man, you can't be sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. You got to get up and do something with your life. Mm-hmm. And and I just I took that seriously and I got up and I took a couple of walks and I started tending the garden. And this is a lady with cancer and she's yeah. dying. And and something that I said got her up and helped her realize that right. she is she still has some life in her. And there's mm-hmm. there's no excuse to be sitting around doing nothing. Wow. That's amazing. We've got maybe maybe five minutes to the end. So I want to ask you next, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken in business and did it work out? The biggest risk I've ever taken in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to I don't think this is the biggest risk, but mm-hmm. it was it was a it was one of the first big risks that I took mm-hmm. and I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very first time that I invested in myself. The very mm-hmm. first time I spent real money on making me better. And it was $2,000 that I spent uh, on a coaching call. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, was, I was lost. I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure uh, what I was supposed to do uh, and I was stuck in my career and I found this, somebody, this guy, Elijah Bowie targeted me on a Facebook ad and he was like, I can solve your sales problem. And I'm like, mm. huh, okay. And so I go on there and I look and I watch his little video or whatever. And I get on a call with him and, and he, he sells me on a $2,000 one hour call, 2000 bucks. I will talk to you for one hour. And I will help you solve this sales problem. Mm. Right. And so I'm like, well, why not? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, this is crazy. And so I paid him $2,000. This was years ago. I paid him $2,000. And he proceeded to give me like the sales clinic of my lifetime. And I went and, imp- I, I went and applied everything that I possibly could because he ripped me apart, man. Like when you pay somebody that much money for an hour they're they're coming with the claws dude right <laughs> and so uh i went and implemented every single thing he gave me out of that $2000 call and within 5 months i had made about $100,000 wow that panned out real well for you and it was such a huge risk for me at the time but one thing i learned just to kind of wrap this up one thing mm-hmm. that i learned is every time i bet on myself I'm always going to win. Yep. I believe in myself that I'm always going to make this work no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And that was that that was the first time that I ever saw that happen. And it's only increased since. And I've been able to take larger and larger risks because I know I'm not going to lose. Right. I'm just going to learn. Absolutely. We've got less than two minutes to the end, Josh. Who inspires and motivates you? That's the question I ask everyone at the end. Who inspires and motivates me? Yes. 
you, you caught me off guard on that one. I'm not sure that I was ready for it, but I'm going to say the people that I, I'm not going to say one specific person inspires and motivates me. Mm-hmm. Who inspires and motivates me are the people that are ready to break free of the the chains that their society or their past or their mm-hmm. family or their culture has created for them. The people mm-hmm. that go a new way, a different yeah. way, the people that go out there and blaze their own trails. Yeah. Those people inspire me. Fantastic. And as we wind up, how can we find you? How can we tribe with you and vibe with you? Go to thedozone.com where you can learn about my podcast, about the Do Zone DNA if you're interested. And you can also connect with me directly on the socials right there at thedozone.com. Josh Thomas, thank you for being here. It was awesome having you as a guest today. Absolutely, Brian. Can't wait till the next one. All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever and learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can apply from those journeys. Take care, everyone. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.